Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the final inspection on 105.7 FM. The fan, Dennis Michelson, along with Lori Monroe here for your NASCAR fix. And Lori Monroe, I need some help this week. You need help every week. What's the difference? <laughs> well, I need a little more help this oh, week. Oh, okay. But how can how can I help you? Specifically, I need help understanding NASCAR. Oh, Lord. Good luck. There's okay. no book available, I don't think. Very simple, okay? I'm a very okay. simple person, as we've learned over the well, years. Well, yeah. So Friday, last Friday, yes. Yes. out at the racetrack, when they were explaining why... There were no penalties given to Kyle Busch and Joey Logano for their fight. Yes. They specified and said the reason we didn't penalize Kyle Busch or Joey Logano is because they didn't use their cars (laughs) as weapons. This is correct. Okay. So that was Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR saying this. One day later, Austin Dillon used his car as a weapon against Cole Custer. And, and of course, the only penalty they've given to Austin Dillon is saying, shame, shame, don't do that again. So the question I have for you is, if you're going to define where the line is, and then the drivers cross that line instantly, do you now have anything goes in NASCAR? Uh, I don't think you have anything goes. I think there's probably... uh... I still sort of fall back to the the thought that every instance is an individual situation and they don't really – there's no black and whites. But this whole deal about using the car as a weapon, either it is or it isn't. And you look back to the deal with, with uh, Kyle Busch a couple of years ago, um, lambasting Ron Hornaday under caution, same deal. And like the world basically came to an end at that point. So I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, it, it's like all they really, they're giving, they're giving Dylan a pass because he has bad aim, I guess. Like God help him if he ever tries having kids. The guy's <laughs> obviously got bad aim, so they let him go with that. I don't understand that myself. And a lot of fans don't understand it, and there's an uproar about it. And that's just not good for NASCAR. They, they're not consistent whatsoever. And it's their lack of any sort of consistency that I think makes them look not only foolish. Well, it makes them I, look like amateurs. But but I think it also confuses the drivers. Yeah, you know, drivers, they've always said, well, NASCAR has this line in the sand. We're really not sure where this line is. And you you hear Dylan, I think, after this uh, that, that incident saying that NASCAR said, you know, boys have at it. He said something to that effect. He he recalled back on one of those statements NASCAR's, NASCAR had. 
And he's going with that. So it, it just seems to change with the wind with NASCAR. And I really think sometimes it has to do with who's possibly going to get the penalty, if they should get a penalty, what their past history is, who's their who their pop pop is. Oh, sorry. You know what I mean? It's just it it just looks bad. It looks bad. Favoritism within NASCAR with the rules has always been one of those things that people have looked at and said, okay. That's the way it is, but what has Austin Dillon done in his career to get a free pass from NASCAR? Is it just the fact that his grandfather's in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I don't know if it's lineage. You look back on the the deal with Dale Jr. back when he 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 used an expletive in victory lane after winning a race, and he got fined by NASCAR for that. And if he isn't a guy with extraordinary NASCAR lineage. I don't know who is. So it's it's really seems to be a pick and choose type thing. I cannot explain it. Don't could know. You, could you imagine the uproar if an Xfinity regular making a rare start in the Cup Series did the same thing to a Cup driver? You know, you want to think it would be a big deal, but who can even say what would happen now? The only thing Austin Dillon really had going for him was he caused his car a lot more damage than he did Custer's car. And whether NASCAR is using that as, as, to factor that in, if you want to explain it all away, I guess you could go that route. Once again, I'm just having a hard time understanding what they're doing. Let's go on to another subject because I'm also in, yeah. a, in a lurch on this one as well. Did we have oh, a boy. better race at Phoenix? <laughs> Eventually. Okay, so the race. You know, I I, I gotta say this this whole um, stage thing. I'm kind of getting to like that, and you've got to admit there's no more phantom cautions because of that, which sort of uh, been good. puts a check mark beside the phantom caution situation over the last few years. So you know, it's sort of it, it makes it interesting. It, it really does. It, it it does sort of up the ante to a certain degree, and I think the drivers are really seeing that. Boy, oh boy, you can get a lot more points if you finish well. And I think that is paying off. I, I really think they they kind of nailed it with this. I'd like to see NASCAR get a little bit more efficient in how they run these brakes because they're burning about 10 laps on average to, to go ahead and, and do the stage stop and the pit stops and the commercial break and coming back. And that would be fine. If those were the only times the television partners were taking a break, but five minutes into the racing in the next segment, and they're on commercial break again. I mean... But, but, but look at the amount of commercials they can sell, though. It's, it's incredible. But the question is... Look at is, how many more hot dogs can be sold in the stands the, or in the, the concessions. The question that was brought up by one of our great listeners, Ken last week who emailed me in about this he said you know these stage breaks and all are fine but is nascar losing fans are they going ahead and with the length of time for these breaks because it's about a 10 minute break between stages are people changing the channel and not coming back only if you're a channel changer like you i'm not a (laughs) channel changer i sat happily through every commercial we've ever had in nascar these breaks, it's almost like you got to catch your breath as so far this year. You almost have to catch your breath as we're coming to the end of a stage because there has been some 
crazy stuff going on. And because you want to see how all this plays out, how these stages do shake down as the year goes on, you want to see what strategies these guys and their crew chiefs are going to throw at it. I find it interesting. I really, really do. So either you're a race fan and you'll sit through a plague of locusts, a rainstorm, whatever, or you're just a, a channel clicker. And you get really bored because you've seen the same Genuvia commercial with the person walking around with a headache and, and seeing double vision. Just can't take one more round of that. So you go over to the Golf Channel and they got a whole new disease they're covering. Good luck with that. I'd rather sit, stomach the, the NASCAR commercials that are on, whatever they're running, and get back to racing. It's, it's not a big inconvenience. It's not like I had to drive anywhere. And they're doing a Suck pretty up, good. Michaelson. They're doing Jeez, a pretty oh. good job of giving us this side-by-side coverage during a lot of commercial breaks, which I think they're doing it, a good job. Yeah, yeah, it makes you keep watching the little screen at the bottom. So, getting back to my question, did we have a better race at Phoenix compared to what? <laughs> Com- compared to the week before? Oh, the week nobody before. The, we're, nobody where were we the week before? Las Vegas with the fight. Oh, yeah, and that's. That's what you that's what you remember. So the Phoenix race, I don't know. I think it was a better race. I really do. I, I kind of came away with that thinking instead of giving Vegas another race, let's give Phoenix another race next season. I, I thought it was pretty good. And they're going to be reconfiguring the track and the grandstands and everything at Phoenix is spending a lot of yeah. money to, to change that place around. But I thought the race was better, and I thought the Xfinity race is the first time I've been entertained by the Xfinity race all year long. But nobody seemed to care. The week before, there's a fight. Everybody in the sports media yeah. world is going crazy about NASCAR and talking about NASCAR. They put on a good show, and nobody seems to care. Yeah, well... They want they want drama. They want yeah. drama. I, I guess they do want drama. In the penalty scoreboard for uh, last week out there at Phoenix, two teams got some pretty big penalties. Brad Keselowski's team catching a 35-point fine uh, for the car being too light. So apparently shed some pounds during the race out there at Phoenix. That's going to happen in 95-degree heat. Even the car is going to go on a diet. And uh, Kevin Harvick gets 10-point mm-hmm. penalty, and their crew chiefs will get suspended, and all that kind of good stuff. It just shows that don't have your car be light. Get out of the car and start swinging at somebody. That's the answer. <laughs> it's going to keep you out of trouble. But uh, that's the, your yeah. scoreboard on the penalty that. side of things out there at uh, at Phoenix International Raceway. And, of course, California Speedway coming up this weekend. They've already had a delay during practice yesterday for an owl. They already had one, oh, car, yeah. one car totally demolished by grass. It should be a fun weekend out here at California Speedway. Yeah, when grass writes your car off like it did the 48 yesterday, God knows what's going to happen. But this owl, I wonder, was it somebody from another life? Maybe it was a NASCAR driver that was... Yeah, maybe someone showing up. Hey, it was was Colwicky. He had the Hooters car. That's a possibility. Or maybe it was Pete Hamilton already reincarnated as an owl. Yeah. Sad to see the passing of uh, Pete Hamilton this week. Uh, One of the Superbird drivers... uh, 
and uh, one of the good guys from the sport as well. So uh, we lost another NASCAR uh, sort of fan favorite. He was very well liked by the fan base, despite being one of those guys that only won a few races in his lifetime. But uh, sad to see Pete Hamilton lost this week. Well, Laurie Monroe, you know what time it is now. Oh, boy. I hear it. It is time to blow up somebody's stills. Laurie Monroe, tell the good folks of Milwaukee how this works. Well, back in the day, as we all know, people had stills in their backyards like Dennis Michelson had. I've never had one, but he had one since he runs on the other side of the law. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's illegal. So you typically ended up getting your still blown up. So we blow up some still every week, meaning something that we... We really didn't like the look of, and you can too if you send us an email, go over to racetalkradio.com, look us up there, send us an idea of what still you'd like to blow up, just like me right now. I want to blow up Austin Dillon just based on what we saw last weekend. It wasn't so much what he did on the track. That was bad enough. It was his attitude afterwards with his interview about, you know, what I think Jamie Little was there with him. You know, what are you going to discuss when NASCAR calls you and your crew chief to the trailer? I says, oh, we'll probably just sit and have a Coke. That bugged me. That bugged me more than what he did on the track. I understand guys losing their head the way he did. But that cocky attitude afterwards, like, oh, yeah, like it's like NASCAR's not going to do anything. We're just going to sit and have a Coke. That bugged the heck out of me. Yeah, it's very strange the way he has behaved. When he first came wow. on the scene, yeah. when, when he first came on the NASCAR Touring Series scene. I, the kid I, was humble. I liked the kid, too. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now, I did see him, though, coming up through the ranks, and I saw a little bit of that bratty Austin Dillon. There was a incident years ago when he was running. At that time, it was called Camping World East. Now it's K&N East. And he was running at Lime Rock, a road course up in Connecticut. And he was having a devil of a time keeping the the car on the course. And late in the race, uh, he got wide in one of the turns on the last lap. And uh, Trevor Bain actually used him up pretty good, getting by him for position. And on the cool down lap, Austin used his car as a slight weapon. And then when they came on to pit lane, he tried to pick a fight with Trevor Bain, only to realize that Trevor Bain's a little larger and a little tougher than Austin Dillon, and the two of them were running around the car. But it was the same sort of a deal where, you know, that bratty Austin Dillon came out, and, you know, I didn't see it at all for a while, and now it's back, and I don't like it either. No, it was was not good to see. You probably want to blow him up, too, for that. Well, I've got a different one, but oh, that is a okay. good contender. I you might have come yeah. with this. No, I, I okay. went a little different way because I'm watching the race on Sunday. And at one point, it was in the second segment of the race. And they, they pop up the graphic that shows the lap leaders and the number of laps. And it says lap 10. And then they go away and they come back again, like five laps later. And they're showing that it's lap 87. And then they come (laughs) back like two minutes later to that graphic. And they show that it's lap 92 of 312. Yeah. Can we just 
pick one and stay with it. I mean, I understand if you start out, you're showing 10 of 75 in that segment, and then you're showing 25 or 30 to go. I get that switch. But switching back and forth, they had me confused as to what lap it was. So I was just. Yeah, that is confusing. Yeah, just stick with one. And and I kind of like showing them by segments, by stages. I, I like that countdown because that just kind of lets you know where you are in the race. It really doesn't matter that there's 312 laps in a race. It matters how many laps until the next break. Yeah, so I, yeah. I kind of like to see that countdown because you don't see them in NFL football show, you know, seven minutes on the clock in the first quarter and then come back and tell you there's 52 minutes left in the game. You know, they just break it down by quarters. And and I think NASCAR's television partners should do the same thing with the stages. Well, maybe they'll figure that out eventually. All right, Laurie. So I put it to you to decide yeah. which is the better still blowing this week. Well, as much as I want to vote for me, your still blowing affects all of us the way we watch, and that has bothered me as well. So I think we'll go with you. And in the meantime, we'll just make fun of Austin Dillon a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say, Austin, your hat's too big for your head or yeah, something else. Like but as far as the graphics showing us the lap number, <laughs> nothing beats a good explosion. I'm telling no you. Kidding. Well, Lori, before we wrap things up, it's time to hit the NASCAR news. And NASCAR's got the official something for everything. But how about Aspen Dental being the official dentist of NASCAR? Well, I guess this is a neat situation, I suppose. I don't know. uh, I don't know how in-depth this really is. What's all involved in this? I don't understand what this news release was. I just hope everybody's they, got good teeth. Yeah, I just hope after the race that the driver doesn't have to, you know, like rinse and spit. I just we don't need that. But no, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know uh, what what's what do you like I can see there being a, an official chocolate bar of NASCAR everybody's going to, you know, want to eat that, but Aspen Dental, I guess if you want to support NASCAR, you got to go to Aspen Dental to get your teeth cleaned, I suppose. It's, maybe it's just odd, but yeah, why should it be any different than anything else? Yeah, maybe they'll have a free gingivitis screening out at the track or oh, something. Who don't knows? you love that? Absolutely. Also in the news, well, Furniture Row Racing proved that it's sometimes more dangerous getting to the track than being at the track. Yeah. The Furniture Row Racing hauler involved in a wreck on the way to Fontana. You know, you wonder why this doesn't happen more often. These guys put on so many miles in a year. So many miles in a weekend. So, you know, stuff happens. That's a high traffic area out there on the West Coast, isn't it? Absolutely. They had a vehicle come off the shoulder of the road in front of them as they were rolling down the highway at speed, made contact with this vehicle, causing damage to their front end. And it must have been a sizable vehicle that was involved because they did a hit and run thing and uh, did not stop, unlike the Furniture Row racing hauler that stopped. And it just turned out that they have added dash cam uh, video to their rigs here this year. So they caught the culprit already. Oh, good. Really? Oh, I hope they post that somewhere online. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be fun indeed. Also in the news, 
Jimmy Johnson and NASA are teaming up for a ticket package at Richmond that's out of this world. God, I thought you were going to say uh, send fans to the moon or something. <laughs> that That's going to be next. That will be next. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool deal. It's uh, $48 for adults, of 24 course. for children to get of the course. special Jimmy Johnson seats. And they're going to have people from NASA there that are going to talk about STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math, and how the same sort of science that you need to study in order to be a rocket scientist with NASA is applicable to NASCAR racing. So pretty good good deal. And you get a Q&A session privately with Jimmy Johnson as well. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, well, back when we went to races, all it was was popcorn Sutton giving tips on how to make a worm for your still. So I guess things are looking up for, for the next generation. Absolutely. Well, California Speedway this week. Laurie, who's your pick to click? Would you believe I'm going to go with Kyle Busch? I would believe you're going with a Kyle Busch. That's a good track for Kyle. I'm going to stick and, and with kudos Kevin Kudos Harvey. for him for bringing out those t-shirts as well to sort of poke fun at that deal with Logano. Yeah. Very cool deal as well. And I'm going to take Kevin Harvick because I'm determined to win a race by picking the same guy until he actually wins. Well, thanks for tuning in today to our NASCAR segment here on the final inspection. Mr. Steve Zotke coming up with more here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.